2: As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we'll be joined by our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. My highlight of the week is having the BCS BCS chase for the national championship wide open, with Alabama having been knocked off by Texas A&M and their quarterback, Johnny Football, known as Johnny Manziel, in an epic epic upset. With Alabama, we've all kind of been there, done that recently, uh, last three years specifically, and with the SEC for the last six years. And the fact that uh, it appears now unlikely that an SEC team will be in the BCS National Championship I think it heightens interest certainly in the contending towns, such as Kansas, South Bend, and uh, Oregon, as well as just nationally. I think it just opens the whole thing wide up and uh, enhances the whole college football regular season for the last few weeks, as well as the, uh, the whole bowl picture. I think it's just going to get some fresh blood in there meaning two fresh teams, not somebody trying to knock off Alabama in the national championship game. So I think it's a good thing. I think it's good for college football and uh, should be, again, just a great couple weeks coming up to see uh, see who ends up getting the uh, number one and two nods from the BCS and uh, who's going to meet in the national championship game in a perfect prelude to what will finally be then the football playoff system coming next year. Well, my bizarre story of the week is the melodrama playing out there in Los Angeles Lakerland with the Phil Jackson, Mike D, and Tony coaching debate. And how is it? it has turned into a he said, she said between Laker management and, uh, and Phil Jackson with, uh, Mike D'Antoni being the so-called third party in the middle of this, and he's the guy coaching the team uh, ostensibly for the next few years. But who knew? Apparently the Jim Buss-Phil Jackson rift has been a topic out in SoCal for a while, but now it has gone national, and uh, we all have to suffer through this silliness for the next uh well, hopefully just for the next few days, and then it will finally die and go away. But uh, but perhaps not, depending on how the Lakers play, D'Antoni coaches. Uh, this could become just an ongoing uh, melodrama for the next uh, number of months, if not beyond. My low light of the week is the sudden spate of injuries to high-profile NFL quarterbacks ranging from concussions for Jay Cutler and Alex Smith to Bren Roethlisberger's shoulder and rib problems. In this quarterback-driven league, we all want to see the stars, and so it's sad to see the injuries are uh, taking this toll, especially at this time of year, as teams uh, start to make their final push for the playoffs, and uh, and some of these stars are not going to be playing, and... uh, We're all worse off for it. And this leads right into my event of the week that I attended, which was uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell delivering a talk at the Harvard School of Public Health entitled Leadership on the Road to a Safer Game. It was a terrific talk uh, before a room packed uh, mostly with Harvard School of Public Health students. And they will be the doctors of tomorrow. And, again, just alluding to my earlier point, safety is now one of the main topics with the NFL. It certainly has their attention in every way possible. Commissioner Goodell's speech was uh, was really well done. He talked about the beginning beginnings of football, which are, of course, rooted in Harvard where uh, Harvard played McGill University from Montreal way back when, in uh, the late 1800s, apparently. So there's a lot of good Harvard history, perfect, uh, before tomorrow's Harvard-Yale game, the game, as it's known up here in Boston and beyond. And, uh, again, the commissioner talked about just some of the areas where... The NFL is doing everything possible to make it a safer game. He t- The specific areas he talked ap- about were leadership and how the NFL hopes to take a leadership position uh, in making it a safer game. Another area he touched on was research, uh, specifically talk about how the NFL recently committed 13 million, 30 30 million to the National Institutes of Health for research of uh, injuries such as concussions. He talked about rules, types of various rules uh, that will make the game safer. Uh, For instance, last year there was, uh, they had the new kickoff rule, kicking uh, five yards back than in previous years, and there was uh, apparently a 40% reduction. In concussions on kickoffs. Talked about next year how the NFL is requiring each of their players to wear knee and thigh pads. Um, another area that he talked about was advocacy, and specifically touching on, you know, how they can get down to the youth level to, uh, you know, to start early with trying to, Prevent injuries. You talked about USA football offering the only accredited coaches course and also touched on very interesting fact that there is now a quote safety coach on the sidelines of these USA football games. Uh, they're purely to, uh, to make, make sure safety protocol is followed. Talked about partnerships such as with the, uh, Harvard School of Public Health and, and the speech that he gave, uh, various, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, Occupational Safety and Health Board Institute, uh, just various organizations which the NFL is affiliated with uh, as they continue to try to research this topic, all again in the name of safety. The key words that you're going to be hearing over and over, you may have already heard them, certainly I have, covering this topic, uh, culture change. That's the key to basically, and what that means is, and I've learned this by attending events uh, with the NFL and the Army, who now have a partnership to study traumatic brain injuries, also known as TBIs, but what that really means is that teammates, be it soldiers on the battlefield or teammates on an NFL field, are able to pass along when they think one of their teammates isn't right. And that is just critical because, as we all know, they all carry with them the so-called, and this is the other term that you're going to be hearing constantly on this topic, which is simply, they all have the warrior mentality. And uh, so... Again, they're trying to get down in this grassroots effort to uh, implement this culture change. And we'll see where it goes. But the NFL uh, clearly is prioritizing safety in their game. So it's going to be interesting to watch. But once again, great speech by Commissioner Roger Goodell. And with that said... It's time to take our break. And with us on the other side will be Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
0: Voice America Sports.
1: The job of a professional athlete is never complete. Back to
2: the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line with us now is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And Barry, how are you doing today? I'm great, John. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for calling in. And, uh, I know you're headed down to the New York area, and I guess you don't have to worry about getting gas today for the first time in a few weeks before you get there. No, no,
4: the rash thing was rationing has actually been, been lifted uh, for, for a few days now. So it's, uh, yep, no, no more issues with that. Uh, you know, there's still, you know, there's still people that are. That are, that are hurting, that are suffering. But, uh, you know, as far as the, the gas situation, that seems, of, uh, that seems of ease to have eased a lot of places,
2: yeah. No more lines, things like that, that's over? Nope,
4: nope, nope. Pretty much
2: Glad to hear it. Uh, well, here we are, Barry, at the weekend before Thanksgiving, hard to believe. And uh, this, of course, is the time of year when the NFL teams start to Make their playoff push, get in line for uh, positioning for the postseason, and <clears throat> really, it's also the time of year when you know you want to you want to identify who's going to be that hot team, who's going to get that championship look. As we know in recent years, that team was well twice in the last four or five years was, of course, the New York Giants. You're an expert on that team, and uh, I thought maybe we would just. Take a little time today and just talk about where we think these teams are today and, uh, you know, where we think they're headed. And why don't we start with uh, your thoughts on the defending Super Bowl champion Giants. Well, I mean, you know, a few weeks ago, the things
4: were looking great for the Giants. I mean, they were 6-2, and two, they were cruising, and they looked you know, pretty much unbeatable. But uh, they had two, uh, two losses back-to-back and uh, games that really uh, Eli Manning has not looked his best. I mean, you know, it's really... It's really hard to criticize and bang on Eli Manning, right? I mean, he really won two Super Bowls, so you know, that, 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 I think that gives him a little that gives him a little bit of uh, cachet there. But um, you know, I think there's concern because you know, certainly you know, throughout uh, Tom Coughlin's tenure as Giants coach, you know, they've, they've typically gotten off to very good starts and typically struggled uh, through the last half of the season. But you know, in the in the years that they and that happened in both years, they won the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact. Uh, great starts, kind of you know, uh, scuffling and, and going on fumes toward the end of the regular season, but they were able to write themselves in the playoffs and go on a really good runs both times. So you know, it, it, it's hard to argue with that kind of success. You, you just don't want to go well. You know, want, you don't want to have to have to rely on that. You know, nobody really wants to play from behind. It's not a really good good formula for success, really. So you know, I think for the Giants, the the the, the goal would be identify you know what their problem has been in the last couple of losses um you know and just and just just get, get back at it i mean you know it's gotten to the point where you know now the media asks them about it they're you know if it's a talking point and you know uh Coughlin obviously is not you know real keen on talking about it you know this is a different year different team blah 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 but you know it's something that's kind of you know it's a little little niggle in the back of people's minds right i mean it's like okay here we go again so you the Giants go from six and two, to six and four, and you know, okay, let's see when this goes. So, um, you know, I think that'll be the challenge. Really, is, is, is the mental thing, is the physical thing? I don't know. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they were banged up in the secondary earlier. They're getting healthier, but uh... you know, it's uh, it, it's something that we're going to have to watch. I mean, I think there was there was also some talk about well, their their bye week came later this year. They years past. I mean, you know, i looking for. for for excuses, everybody's looking for reasons, so, you know, maybe they're just doing a reason, maybe, you know, maybe they are a little tired, who knows, but, you know, maybe they'll just figure out a way to get it right in the second half, and they, they certainly have the, the talent, they certainly have the coaching, they certainly have the pedigree, you know, they've been there before, you know, they know what it takes to win, so, you know, I, I, I think they'll figure it out, I, I, I hope they do, uh, you know, been watching that team, since I'm, I'm, I'm a little kid, so, I, I think that they'll find a way to figure it out, and, you know, uh, I think the, the last couple of, of losses have kind of tempered optimism just a little bit, but there's still plenty of time, And as we know. It's, it's, the NFL is kind of a week-to-week week league, right? We don't go from, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of momentum. I mean, things change from week to week. Different weeks, different story. week to different sort different of circumstances. So, you know, that said, you know, I, I do eventually think that, that they'll figure out and, and they'll succeed and, you know, they'll, they'll find a way to hang on and, and win the NFC.
2: Yeah, well, that's interesting. I mean, you don't want to be that team that uh, can that thinks they can turn it on any time they want. They've done it twice, uh, and I've said on this show recently that, you know, I feel that the Giants are the only team in the NFL that can basically go out and win any game they really, really want to win. But, you know, they're boxing themselves in a little bit, you know, uh, as I look at their schedule. Uh, going out to the end of the season, uh, in addition to the to always tough NFC East division games, they play the Packers, the Saints—dangerous Saints, I might add—Atlanta and Baltimore. Those are some tough games. Yeah. Uh, so I'd have to good. say the Giants have one of the toughest schedules of any team, to put it mildly. They do, but and you with a missed
4: is the level of their competition. So, you know, against, the, you know, the Cleveland of the world and, you know, some of these other teams and the Cincinnati. Bengals so, uh, blew them out, uh, you know, in Cincinnati, which was an embarrassing loss for them. The Giants have played very well against them. They typically tend to play very well against really good teams. They went to San Francisco and blew them blew out The 49ers play at home, which was a, a huge loss for the Niners, a huge victory for the Giants. So, you know, you know, yes, the schedule is tough, and, you know, you, you, nobody will dispute that. But, you know, based on the fact that the Giants tend to play, you know, play better against better teams, you know, maybe that's a good thing for them. We'll soon find out.
2: We will soon find out. It's going to be interesting. Uh, and another old-school team, one of the originals, uh, is the Chicago Bears. They're – uh you know, they're now dealing with Jay Cutler having a concussion, and we all know that last year, uh, if I remember correctly, they were 7-2 and two and looking really good, although not quite as good as this year with that defense, but good nonetheless, and then it just all fell apart at the hands of, you know, Caleb Haney and other assorted backups that the Bears tried to, uh, to use, and uh, obviously, you know, the season fell apart, so... It would really be sad to see that happen this year because I think the Bears since they're on a record-setting pace for defensive turnovers score, you know, into touchdowns uh it would just be a shame to see that happen again but it sure can happen again uh you know we got a little bit of that with uh you know Jason Campbell in the game against the Houston Texans and uh you know concussions are so vexing. You just don't know how it's going to turn out. Jay Cutler has a history, uh, as we well know. And uh, so there's just no way to, to have any idea when he's going to return. So I'm sure people out in Chicago are just panicked, to put it mildly. Yeah, I think
4: there's some of that. I mean, yeah, I think Jason Campbell certainly better quarterback than Caleb Haney. So, you know, at least he's serviceable. You know, he he has one of the starter in this league. So, you know, They're, they're not, it's not quite the same feeling as it is when Cutler's there, but, you know, I think that the, I think that the Bears' defense is, their defense is just so good that will cover up up a lot of the yields of the offense. So as long as the defense can continue to play to a high level as they've played throughout the first half of the season, you know, I I think the Bears are going to be okay. Uh, I really do. I mean, if, you know, know, again, like you say, it depends how long Cutler's out, but, you know, for a defensive minded team like the Bears are, I do think that, uh, you yeah, I, I think
2: they're going to be all right. Yeah, well, you know, that, <clears throat> that makes me think about uh, when I grew up in the Pittsburgh area, the 1976 Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they lost Terry Bradshaw, who was thrown to the turf by Turkey Jones of the Cleveland Browns. And uh, so basically Mike Krujak from Boston College took over as quarterback, And they went on one of the great roles in NFL history. This team, it's the greatest team to ever win a Super Bowl. Uh, Basically, they went from one and four. They won their next uh, whatever it was, nine, ten games back in those days. Uh, Their defense, I think, pitched four or five shutouts. Um, And they were just absolutely spectacular. Uh, Pretty much unbeatable, all on the heels of their defense, which was, of course, the famous Steel Curtain. And, uh, and then they ultimately lost, uh, you know, when, um, they went down to Baltimore, I was at the game, the old Baltimore Colts with Burt Bo- Jones. That's the one where the plane crashed into the stadium in the, uh, at the, in the fourth quarter, which was luckily the upper deck of Memorial Stadium was emptied out because the Steelers were winning 42 to 14. Bradshaw was back for that game, but. Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer were knocked out, and the next week the Oakland Raiders uh, beat the Steelers and went on to a Super Bowl. Anyway, long-winded way of saying this Bears team, without Cutler, this Bears defense may have to do basically what that Steeler defense did in 1976. Yeah, I
4: think so, and like we just said, I think they're... I think their defense is good enough and they're, they're imposing enough and, you know, they can, they can, you know, force turnovers and, you of course, you know, you always have Devin Hester on the other, on the other end, right? You know, you can run a punt or a kickback anytime for a touchdown. So, you know, you have that, that, that weapon going for you too. So, you know, and it's nice, Bears don't have any offensive weapons, right? I mean, you know, they have Brandon Marshall and, you know, the running game is good with Forte. So, you know, I think, I, I, I think, you know, Even when Cutler's healthy, you know, you don't really put him in that level of the top elite quarterback in the league. So, you know, I think, I I guess the point I'm trying to make is I really don't, not really sure what the drop off is from Cutler to to Jason Campbell. I don't think it's as bad as some people might think it is. So, you know, for that reason too, I I think if if they can just force and play the same style of defense that they've been playing, you know, I I think that will carry them through and then, you know, once Cutler gets healthy,
2: And the Bears' schedule, uh, you know, has good playoff teams on it, Green Bay specifically. Of course, they got to deal with Detroit and Minnesota, who are division foes. But, you know, uh, Minnesota's getting that playoff look with them. And and they host the Seattle Seahawks, which is a good thing, uh, since beating Seattle in Seattle is nearly impossible. But another team... uh, In the NFC North, of course, is the Green Bay Packers. And as I look at their schedule, they're, again, uh, they're playing the Giants. They've got their division foes. Uh, And, again, two games with Minnesota, as well as uh, still facing Detroit. So, uh, Green Bay, but they have come on big time. They're looking good. And... uh, You know, they're, uh, they've got the, you talk about pedigree. Certainly the Packers have that pedigree from winning the Super Bowl a mere two years ago. Aaron Rodgers, uh, after a slow start is looking like Aaron Rodgers. And that is a team that is just, uh, basically on fire these days. And clearly you have to consider them, uh, in the handful. Of teams that from the NFC that are potentially Super Bowl ready. The one team that is really tough to figure out is, of course, the Atlanta Falcons. And Barry, or I, I was just talking about the Green Bay Packers and what you think their chances are looking forward here.
4: I, th- I think they have to get healthy offensively. I mean, you know. Uh... You know, they they missed Jordy Nelson obviously Greg Jennings has been out for a while. Um, you know, they they're they're still finding a way to get it done, but you know, they, they need to have all their weapons in order to really, you know, be a serious serious contender. I mean I think the Packers are always going to be among that handful of teams that, that people, you know, will look at, uh, you know, as far as teams that, that can win the Super Bowl. But I think they need to be healthy and uh, you know, that that means, you know, getting uh, making sure Jordy Nelson is healthy again. Making sure Greg, Greg Jennings can play when he's ready to play and, you know, getting all those weapons out there so, you know, Aaron Rodgers can, can have that arsenal that he's used to having, uh, you know, moving forward for the rest of the season. And, you know, their, their defense isn't that good, so they really need to kind of, you know, rely on their offense. Unlike the Bears, you know, I think the Packers really need to, you know, concentrate on scoring points and, and, you know, the defense will do what they have to do, but, uh,
2: I agree. I agree. It's going to be interesting again. You know, only two years ago they won the Super Bowl. So we know they know how to do it. And then last year, of course, upset by the Giants at Lambeau Field in a, just a shocking game when, uh, you know, the Packers had been undefeated for most of the season. Uh, so yeah, again, they're, they're, they're a team right uh, among a handful of teams that definitely have to be favorites. Uh, the short list of favorites from the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. And with that said, let's take our break. And when we get back, I started to reference the Atlanta Falcons, the team nobody knows exactly what to think about. So after our break, we'll get into a little NFC South and West discussion.
3: your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
0: Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and his band to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports.
5: Do you feel the need for speed?
1: Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even LaVa League, Pit Pass USA is got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work. To bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Hibbert. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Boys America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF.
3: Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports...
2: Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And, Barry, uh, I alluded to the Atlanta Falcons at the end of last segment. Uh, Clearly, there's that one team that uh, nobody knows Quite what to make of, uh, they have not played well in January. So everybody's taken the show me attitude with them. They obviously were the league's only undefeated team until getting beat last week, uh, in New Orleans. And so yeah, I, I mean, they've been there to the postseason a couple times, bad showings, but a lot of, you know, this needs to be their year. They need to earn some respect. Uh, Matty Ice is mentioned in the MVP discussion. They clearly have some great offensive weapons. And, uh, what are your thoughts on the Falcons?
4: Well, I, 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 like what you say about the, you know, they're kind of a show me team. And I think they kind of have that. I think they're one of, I think the Falcons are one of those teams that, even though the record's really good, it's like people don't, I really still don't think that people are used to thinking about the Falcons being one of those teams, right? Being I mean, one of those elite teams. But uh, he certainly played that way in the first half of this year. I mean, uh, Ryan's been terrific, and you know, the offensive weapons led by uh, Roddy White, Julio Jones, and um, and I, I think that Tony Gonzalez has kind of reached kind of kind of like a renaissance status now. Uh right. You know, as tight end, he's having a great year. Um, you know, kind of harkening back to his younger days a little bit, and and the defense has been really good. So you know, all 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 the, all the parts are working uh, in proper order. So. Any really reason to think that they won't be there when it's all said and done? They won't be among those handful of teams, you know. Maybe, maybe by January, people will will will, will know the Falcons and, and, and respect. maybe they will have that respect. You know, if they finish the season, say you know, thirteen and three, something like that. You know, not out of the realm with we'll after an eight and one start. So, um, I think that uh, you know, I, I do agree that it, it, it was kind of surprising to see them rise because you know, again, you don't really you know. But we just don't tend to think of the Falcons in that way. But, you know, maybe they're going to change their minds this year. So I, I don't really see any reason for them, you know, again, not to be in that conversation with all such does.
2: Yeah, well, abs- uh, they absolutely need to get home field. They're a much better team at home, despite the fact that two years ago they were waxed by the Green Bay Packers in a home playoff game. But the Packers at that point were, quote, the hot team. Um. But, yeah, so I think they need to get home field throughout, and I think they're going to play like they need to get it. I think they know that. But at the end of the day, assuming the Falcons get to the playoffs, they need to win a playoff game, or they're just going to – they won't get the respect until they do, you know, until they win one. So that will be interesting. And there's a couple other interesting teams in that division, which are simply, uh, you know, the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, The Saints – No reason to go into their off-season upheaval, but uh, they're playing well now. They, of course, were the team that knocked off the Falcons from the undefeated ranks. Drew Brees is uh, Drew Brees. So the the Saints are the team. Nobody wants to play in my book. And, and again, I would not at all be surprised to see them, if not run the table, come pretty darn close to it and, and get in the playoffs again.
4: Yeah, you, you, you kind of took the words out of my mouth there because because I was going to say that the, 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 I think the Saints are that quintessential team that that everybody's afraid of in the playoffs, right? I mean, they, they certainly right. have the pedigree. They certainly know what it takes to win. Uh, you know, obviously they have to, they have a lot of problems defensively. They seem to be shoring some of those areas up, but whenever whenever you have Drew Brees on your side of the ball, that's a huge advantage. So uh, you know, with you know as many yards he's thrown for, as many touchdowns he's thrown for. You know the the, the Saints certainly light it up on the offensive side of the ball, and they're and they're starting to kind of come together that way. Um, but yeah, I, I think they are the quintessential team that you'll be wanting to play. Um, you know, getting back to the Falcons for a second, you know, another point we should mention is that you know mention that they're they're a much better team at home than they are on the road. You know, if if, if things if if, they, if things finish out the way they have been, if they if they finish the season you know in a similar manner and have a really good record. They'll, they'll win the division get it for, and, and likely get a first round bye if they finish one of the best for every league. So that would certainly um uh, guarantee them of a of a playoff game after the bye week. So that would put them in, in real good positions. So, you know, obviously having to play less games, not having to open the playoffs on the road. You know, we remember last year they opened up the playoffs on the road against the Giants and got torched at Nat Life Stadium. I think it was twenty four two with the score. So, you know, that's that that's that said about the Falcons, I, I think um, you know, finishing up strong will cement a high seed for them, and they won't have to worry about playing on the road, at least not until so those the conference finals. But as far as the Saints, yeah, I mean, that's, they're the team that, that, you know, if whoever draws them is going to be, uh oh, you know, don't want to play those guys.
2: Absolutely. And the other team in that division, who, uh, is really, in my mind, along with the Colts, the surprise team in the NFL, so in the NFC overall would clearly be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they were good a couple of years ago, uh, made the playoffs. Josh Freeman, the quarterback, looked pretty good. Then they had a really down year last year. But they're back. They look great. Doug, Rook- Doug Martin, the rookie, is awesome. No other way to say it. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the presence of luck and RG3, he would be, you know, the next big thing. Um, but, Again, and they're doing it with offense. I mean, they are just racking up some serious points, which is not, not what you think of when you think of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, no. Through their history. I mean, when they've been good, this has always been about a good defense. So, uh, again, they're, uh, they're, they're a scary looking team right now.
4: Yeah, at least offensively. Yeah, because Freeman's been good. And I think Doug Martin's been great, uh, as a rookie campaign. You know, obviously you know, about rookies, you know, as you say, you know, lost. They're kind of lost in the shuffle between uh, R 3 and Luck, but uh, I think a huge factor for the Bucks this year was the acquisition of Vincent Jackson, uh, a wide receiver. I mean that he's just he's had a bang up year, and uh, and his presence has opened up doors for other guys like Mike Williams. Had a really good year. You know you don't hear much about Mike Williams, but he's quietly having a very good year. Even though uh Vincent Jackson getting most is getting most of the luck in that passing game for the Bucks. So yeah, offensively they can they, they can branch. And, uh, defensively, they're, they're putting together, uh, they're putting together a nice team. Defense. You see, I think Shadow's done a really good job with them. And they're playing with a lot more confidence. And they're playing like a team that, that, you know, one of those teams like on the rise that maybe, uh, maybe not this year, but maybe in the following, okay, you know, maybe next year, the year after could be a serious, serious playoff contender. I could see them maybe getting it, getting a wild card. Maybe we'll see. But, uh, you know, if, if they finish strong, but I, I can't imagine them going, you know, much past a 1st round game, but they're definitely improved. They're
2: definitely a team on the rise. Oh, no doubt about it. And just to close out this segment, we'll touch on the NFC West, which in my mind is clearly all about the 49ers. They're, uh, it's theirs to lose, and I don't think they're going to lose it. Um, you know, they've shown themselves to be just uh, a high-quality team, um, uh, despite, you know, getting – Uh, beaten badly by the New York Giants at home a couple weeks ago, but I think maybe that might have been a wake up call. And, uh, I think they've gone, you know, put their nose back to the grindstone. So they're going to be there in January. And then, uh, and then the only other team I think from that division, uh, really is the Seattle Seahawks. And they might sneak in as a wild card and they better hope they get a home game because they're a different team at home.
4: Different atmosphere there in Seattle, absolutely. And they uh that, that's a great home home field advantage for the Spring Stadium. The way that stays is the way uh Central Link Stadium is built. It's a field, now Century Link field. Um when the when the stands come up kind of on the side and have a little uh, uh they curve in so the noise really stays in the stadium and it does get very loud there. So definitely a big advantage for them. You know, you definitely wanna if you're gonna play the Seattle Seahawks, you definitely wanna play them on the road. boy is uh, facing them at home. But, uh, again, another team on the rise. But, yeah, it's all about, I agree, it's all about the Niners and that division. And, you know, sometimes uh, a game like the Giants game can, can really be beneficial. I mean, it, it may not seem so at the time, but like you said, it's a wake-up call, and they've been, they've been really good since then. And, you know, maybe it, it was just some, maybe they need to be kicked in the butt a little bit. Maybe uh, they needed that sort of adversity to respond to and react to, of keep things in perspective, and sometimes it works that way, so uh, if they can keep it up, uh, we may look at that game that loss is the best thing that ever happened for the Niners this season. We shall see.
2: Absolutely. Uh, well, um, I think we've covered the MFC pretty well. Uh, you know, they're obviously the dominant conference over the AFC these days, and uh, but we'll... Uh, cover the NFC uh, or the AFC after this break. So uh, let's take our break and then we'll again analyze the AFC and where we think uh, that's headed for the postseason contenders.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports...
5: sports do you love sports talk can't get enough sports talk? Sports Channel. Voice America Sports Network.
3: internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports,
1: Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144, or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
2: Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports, and still on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post, and Barry, we were analyzing the NFC and how we think it's shaping up for the end of the season and into the playoffs, and... Now we can turn our attention to the AFC, which, frankly, I see as being, uh, you know, a little more predictable uh, as we stand uh, right now. It appears, you know, I think you can plan on division winners coming, uh, you know, the Patriots, Houston Texans, and Denver are all looking, uh, you know, pretty strong when you look at their records compared with, uh, you know, who's behind them. There's pretty much a two-game or or more gap, uh, you know, in a lot of those divisions. And, of course, the Ravens, uh, on the strength of a very strong start, are looking good. Uh, and they'll slug it out with the Steelers, I'm sure. But why don't we just start with, you know, the surprise team in the AFC and really all of the NFL, which is uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Do you think they can make the playoffs?
4: I do, actually. And I, I think you know, for a couple reasons. And, you know This is something we've talked about on previous shows. I mean, you know, I, I think, I think luck, has, luck has been the quarterback has been advertised, right? But, you not know, you don't always see a young quarterback play as well as he has right out of the gate. And, you know, him and RG3 have, have both done that. You know, I think oh, you also have you know, the, added, um, uh, the added psychological uh, you know, factor here of Chuck Pagano, the coach dealing with his leukemia. And that's really inspired this team. They've rallied around that. Uh, it was very emotional scene. Still a few weeks back with him in the locker room after a win. Um, they're an inspired team. So they're, they have a mission and I really do think, and, and, they're, and they're playing well enough to make some noise in the second half, if they can continue that. You know, it's hard to run on emotion for an entire season, but I think if you have emotion combined with success on the field, those two factors together you know, can, can lead to amazing things. And, 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 yeah, they've been a great story so far this season. And I, and I would expect them to be in the mix for a playoff spot uh, as things uh, continue on. For the second half, uh, you know, I think there's some talent there. I think they're playing well. Uh, there's a lot of belief there, a lot of faith there, and you know, again, the whole psychological oh aspect cannot be overlooked. And you know, and if you combine that with playing well in the field and getting positive results, then there's no telling how far you can go.
2: Exactly, and their schedule is pretty much favorable in that, uh, although they do have two games with the Houston Texans, but one is the final game of the year when it may be meaningless for the Texans and may mean everything for the Colts. But I agree, you know, and I, I think uh, I agree with everything you said as the reasons why they might make the playoffs. I mean, Andrew Luck, you talk, I mean, coming in as advertised for him is really saying something, and I agree with you 100%. He is that. But he is also what was advertised was the most NFL-ready quarterback probably in the history of college football, coming into the NFL. And, of course, he was the number one draft pick. And that's actually, like, turning out to be true. He's just doing things that, uh, you know, no rookie quarterback really has ever done after eight, nine games. Uh, To me, what separates him, uh, you know, is uh, his running ability. You know, he's a, he's a, a real athlete. I've heard it said that, you know, by some who have seen him, he's huge. I've seen him at the NFL draft. He is huge. And, uh, obviously, the reading defenses, the intellect, the passing, uh, I think we all expected that much, but not this soon. He's uh, hes looking very, very special, and, and, you know, he's fun to watch. Yeah,
4: there's no question about that. And, uh, you know, getting his everything as advertised. And he's been another one of these guys that was really, I think, Playing off the emotion of this whole situation, I mean, he actually shaves his head in support of uh, of Coach Nano who of course is undergoing treatment for leukemia. So, you know, all, all of this, all of this stuff can't be understated enough. And I'm I overstated about So, I think that uh, you know, again, if they can just keep performing on the field, and as you said, their schedule down down the road, second half of the season is favorable for the most part. Um, you know, I, I think I think there's a good chance we can see them in the postseason.
2: Right, and his number one attribute, by the way, clearly, is leadership. That is what really you just can't gauge. It's an intangible. It's not that he didn't have it, but I don't think anybody would have expected that he would have displayed it so prominently after just eight, nine games. Bottom line, the Colts believe. They believe in him. They believe they can win. And that, uh, in the NFL, is uh, – that's the holy grail. Once you get there – uh you, you know, you're going to win a lot of games and they're there already. So it's been amazing. And the other thing in the Colts favor is just simply that, you know, other than the teams I talked about, the teams atop the divisions, uh, and on the assumption that Baltimore and Pittsburgh are going to slug it out as they always do. One of them will win the division. One of them will be the wild card. That leaves, you know, the one other wild card, which, uh, again, looks, uh, Looks like it's there for the taking with Indianapolis. The only other team that I think uh, has a chance for it, really, is uh, barring, of course, a late run, um, is Cincinnati. You know, they're a bit of a schizophrenic team, but they were in the playoffs last year. And A.J. Green is just maybe... The NFL's best receiver, which is just a tremendously bold statement. Let's just say he's the receiver having the best year in the NFL, and maybe the scariest one. And Andy Dalton uh, is clearly showing himself now for the second year to be, you know, just a quality quarterback. Yeah, there's
4: some things to like about the Bengals. I agree with you, and you know, <laughs> certainly if uh, Green and Dalton are the guys that you would point to as as the reasons for that. Um, yeah, I, I, still think if you're, if it's gonna come down to, um, a playoff for between the Colts and the Bengals, I would, I would still go with the Colts at this point. Uh, just based on past performance, based on, you know, what, uh, what those guys accomplished. And, you know, the other thing too, you know, uh, you know, getting back to rookie quarterbacks for a second, is that in this league, it's just so hard for rookie quarterbacks to be successful. I mean, you have the learning curve. You have the culture of, you know, going from a college program the NFL program you, know, you have the media you have it's a completely different environment than this time you know if there's any quarterback a guy like Luck who you know probably we talked about as being you know the prototypical NFL quarterback you know not just last year but you know going back a couple of years you know we were hearing this when he was a sophomore uh, at Stanford so yeah I mean I, I think you know generally there is a, there is a, a, a bit of, of, a, of a lag between when a rookie quarterback um, is successful in, in this league, and you know, your, and your studio. you saw it with Luck, Archie, too, of course, um, you know, and, and you know, young guys like Dalton, uh, you know, in, in, in that time frame, uh, improving. So, yeah, it, 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 it says a lot when you have a quarterback that can kind of ri- a rookie quarterback that can rise above those, you know, kind of low expectations that we've
2: normally seen in the past when it comes to first quarterback in the league. Yeah, so just to round it up for the AFC, I, you know, I see the Patriots, Texans, Denver, all winning their division, all making the playoffs. Baltimore and Pittsburgh, both winning the division and the other one being the wild card. That leaves one opening for the wild card. I, I agree. I think it's going to be the Colts with the Bengals, the only other real serious, uh, possibility in my estimation. Um, but we're getting down here under, uh, under two minutes, and so we might as well close it out. Uh, if you had to pick right now, who would you pick to be in the Super Bowl? Well, that's a very tough question. Um, I'm going to go with uh,
4: I'm going to go with the Niners, and I'm going to go with I I think I think when it's all when, it, when it's all said and done, I, I think the Patriots have a shot. You know, certainly the the Steelers, if they get healthy, they have a shot. Boy, and, and the Broncos. We didn't really get to the Broncos, but they've been so good. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Peyton Manning over the this, this second half of this season. Yeah, you know, I'm going on a limb right now. I may, I may change my mind on this. But didn't you, know, you, you ask me? I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going Niners and Broncos. How's that sound?
2: That sounds really good. uh, Well, until uh injuries uh i had pittsburgh as the team really having that starting to have that championship look in recent weeks uh but that's no longer the case so i just cannot make them the favorite but i like you um i like the broncos i just think you know they're getting better each week and peyton, they have the pedigree with peyton manning and uh you know just a lot of excitement there and basically uh yeah, I think I'm going to go Broncos, Packers. I just think the Packers are starting to show me a lot defensively, a little shaky, but I just think, uh, I, I see them as a bounce back team after last year and, and then knowing they won it two years ago. But, uh, we shall see. It's going to, the, the, this is the best time of the year in the NFL. Uh, nothing like late November into December and, uh, you know, this is what separates the men from the boys, and this is why we watch. So it's it's going to be uh, great right to the end. I agree. And Barry, it's I want to thank you again life. for calling in and joining us today. Great analysis. And uh, we'll look forward to doing it again. Thanks, Barry. And Voice America listeners, thank you again for listening to All Around Sports.